Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. It's one of those things. It's, it's much bigger than basketball. Him being there with um, his family and Mary is, is priority number one right now. And like I said, we 100% support that. And like I said, when, when he's ready to come back, we'll, we'll obviously um, have him back uh, with open arms. Mike Conley uh, being back uh, for Game 3 I think will be a big deal, Gordon, for a lot of the reasons that we were talking about yesterday. You know, Donovan needs help. 57 not being enough, that's 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 a tough story because they just, without Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich, of course, but, you know, they're not going to get him back. The, the Jazz lack firepower. And, you know, guys like Jordan Clarkson and there's other players on the team that are they're capable of putting out some of that firepower. There's just not an, uh, enough of them. So Mike Conley being back, uh, I think, is going to make a, a big impact for the Jazz. And we'll see how it goes in the series. If they could somehow pull off a, an equalizer in game number two, then they're actually sitting pretty good when he comes back. Well, it's remarkable to observe the reactions to what happened in that game yesterday with Donovan Mitchell getting his 57 points and some people being really enthralled by the whole thing and encouraged by it and other people saying, man, he scores 57 and the Jazz still can't win. Uh, What does that say? Where do you fall on that spectrum? At what end of it? Wait, reset that for me again. Sorry, I got distracted real quick. Some people are saying that it's essentially a, a good thing that Donovan scored 57 in a defeat, and others saying, no, it's not a good thing because he scored 57 and they lost. Oh, it's a great thing. Are you kidding? What a, what a performance. And, and by the way, showing that he's capable of that, coming mm-hmm. to have the best game of his career in the playoffs when defenses are ratcheted up, other uh, players actually care. Um, going up uh, against, uh, you know, uh, a, a solid defensive player uh, for most of the game. I mean, I, I yeah. think that uh, I think it's a great thing. You can get I, wrapped I up do. in in just the win or the loss, but I mean, since when uh, do you have to uh, get a win for us to acknowledge a, a, a in this case historic performance? Yeah, I wrote a column about this last night that I think was posted this morning in sltrib.com singing the praises of Donovan Mitchell on how I think it is sort of an earmark for potential greatness over the next decade of his career. Uh, You've got to have a star like that in order to have a chance to really contend for a title. And that's what that was, an announcement yesterday by Donovan Mitchell saying, yes, I'm here, you better pay attention to me. And I don't think it was a fluke. Maybe scoring 57. I mean, come on. That's a ridiculous number. But I I think it indicates what this kid is capable of doing. He's 23 years old. He's got uh, at least a decade of a career in front of him. And who knows uh, to what heights he may ascend. And the Jazz need that. It's something that they've lacked since they lost Stockton alone. You've got to have a player of that caliber to give yourself a chance to, to be a real contender. And that's what that was. It was an absolute announcement that I'm here. Watch out. I'm going to purposely lead my team and give them what they need in order to be successful. Now, they lost the game, but he knew that he had to score the way he was scoring, and he did it. 
And they're 13 to 13 from the free throw line, you know, getting to the line that often and going 19 to 33 overall, along with almost double digit rebounds and seven assists. I mean, you could just sense it as you were watching that game. Uh, unless it's an absolute fluke, and I don't think it is, this is a huge positive moving forward for the Utah Jazz. They're going to re-sign him. He's going to be under contract here in Utah for another four years, and that is encouraging for anybody who's looking for advancement from this team, win or lose in this series. Well, I think maybe the most impressive thing about the 57 is that he only took 33 shots to get it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's a tremendous sign. He was he was very efficient, 19 of 33, 13 of 13 from the line, as you mentioned, also had seven assists and nine rebounds. I mean, it was the best game of his career. It was amazing. It was amazing. He was on fire, and he was just cooking whoever the Nuggets put in front of him there in the uh, in the fourth quarter, including Torrey Craig, who has uh, been effective against Donovan Mitchell. So, yeah, I, I think if anybody's disregarding how impressive he was yesterday simply because they lost is – Missing out on appreciating just an absolutely fine performance. Well, now, I think also they may be uh, downgrading the Jazz, saying, "Hey, if your your star offensive player scores fifty seven and you still can't win, then there's something wrong." But I think it's a positive for the team, not just for Donovan Mitchell, because the team needs somebody like that. Because all the really good teams, all the teams that are serious contenders have a player like that. And in the past, they have the Jazz haven't had that. Now, I know they have two all-stars, but being an all-star is different than being a superstar. And that's what he played like uh, yesterday, and we'll see if he can keep that up. To, in any way, shape, or form, blame that loss on Donovan Mitchell, including the eight-second call is ridiculous. You want Here's why the Jazz lost the game uh, yesterday, Gordon, and I, I'm going to try and say this as nicely as I possibly can, but they, they had five actual NBA rotational players on the roster yesterday. And I don't mean to be mean to George Niang and Tony Bradley and Emmanuel Moutier and, and Jawan Morgan, who I, I think we should be celebrating because he was uh, great. But, I mean, we're, we're talking about five, you know, make it be a, a role player on NBA, any NBA team, five guys yesterday. I mean, that's you, you said it yesterday. Of the, the help that they got Donovan in the offseason wasn't there yesterday. And on top of that, the guys that they sacrificed to get that help, namely Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors, I mean, they weren't there either. And Jay Crowder, for that matter. I mean, you, you, Donovan was on a team with Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gobert, and Jordan Clarkson. I mean, that's, that's who they went into that game with yesterday. And they came up short. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. That has nothing to do with Donovan Mitchell being good or bad. In fact, it's pretty remarkable that he pushed it to overtime with the, the team the Jazz had yesterday. And that, sounds, that to... sounds really mean, but that's, that's true. That's a well, fact. So if you criticize the Jazz and say, well, he got 57 and he still couldn't win, what does that mean? Well, I, I think you, we, we've both underscored the fact that with Mike Conley gone, with Bogdanovich out, that, that is a huge deficit that the Jazz have to find a way to make up for, regardless of what their star players do. And I think it is an indication of extreme optimism for what the future might hold. For Do the Jazz need help? Does he need some more help? Well, first of all, it would help to have the two guys back. And, you know, injuries happen here, but typically you don't lose two guys like that. And, of course, Mike Conley will be back. But it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a tall ask 
for Donovan Mitchell to lead this team to a first-round playoff uh, victory or victories without uh, that kind of firepower uh, on the with that kind of firepower on the sideline. So I think it, it, what I'm saying here is it bodes well for the Jazz's future as long as they can get their guys back and maybe add maybe a little more. But I, if if Donovan Mitchell is going to be a true superstar, then maybe they don't need that much more. They just need a little more. Um, they need they need more. I'm I'm still just trying to kind of process that there's actually some criticism for Donovan Mitchell out there today. That seems amazing to me. Well, I don't think there is criticism for him. I think it's more criticism for wow, he scores 57 and they still can't win. So the criticism would be pointed at the Jazz as a team. When when pre bubble Phoenix Suns, when you looked at the Suns and you looked at Devin Booker basically scoring 30 points a game, was there ever a take where they're like, oh, the Suns stink because Devin Booker needs to be better? Said no one ever. Right. So I guess I don't understand why why Donovan Mitchell or why people would be criticized. Like Donovan Mitchell went out there with well, a, somebody a, criticizing th- Donovan Mitchell. Well, I don't know. That's kind of the premise you've introduced in this no, in no, this no, no. Uh, in this segment. It was more they were criticizing the team, not Donovan. That the, that the team is falling sadly short because this guy scores fifty seven and they still can't win. So it's it's not levied. At Donovan Mitchell, it's lovey that the the guys around him, but those people need to take into consideration of what was lost in that game, namely those two guys, Conley and Bogdanovich. Hmm. Okay, I well, I'd I'd like to hear who underperformed yesterday. Who did cost the Jazz the game? Then, if that's going to be the criticism, Royce O'Neal, I guess, well, but he's still I, had I, seven I think rebounds. It gets back to what we talked about yesterday: uh, the the Jazz's lack of defensive pressure. On uh, especially on Jamal Murray, um, typically you would think, okay, uh, Rudy, you go ahead and do what you can against against Jokic, uh, and uh, he's an awfully he's a great player, and you might lose a little bit of that, but uh, but you're still going to at least put up some resistance. The Jazz didn't put up any resistance to Jamal Murray; he just tore him apart. All right, uh, Johnny Bryant is moving on, Gordon. He's taking a new job as associate head coach with the New York Knicks under Tom Thibodeau, another uh, member of the Jazz staff headed for the Big Apple. Of course, uh, we learned, what was that, about a month ago that uh, Walt Perrin was taking a job yes. with the uh, with the New York Knicks? And so uh, Johnny Bryant, who's been a big part of that coaching staff, really, since uh, Quinn Snyder, of course, took the job, um, you know, the Jazz have that kind of one-on-one coaching style with their assistants, and he worked with, uh, with Gordon Hayward, who, of course, uh, got a big payday with the Celtics, and uh, more recently has been the coach working specifically with Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, for that matter, but uh, uh, taking, uh, I guess, a, a promotion with the Knicks, going over there to coach with Tibbs. Yeah, and I think that is a big loss for the Jazz. Uh, I don't know Johnny Bryant uh, in any really close-knit way. All I can tell you is every time I've ever talked with him, uh, he's impressed me. And uh, he has been impressive in his work with players. And that has always been emphasized, but it seems like it's been more emphasized now than it ever has been before. And Johnny Bryant has that skill. And now he's an assistant. Is it associate head coach? What's his yeah, exact yeah, title? Yeah, yeah, associate head coach. He's going mean, to basically be big deal. Yeah, Thibodeau's number that, two. That means he's on the doorstep of getting a head coaching job somewhere. 
Yeah, you would think so, and it can't you know probably comes with a little bit of a, a pay bump, I would guess. Um, you know, everybody's freaking out today about oh Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks are trying to get Donovan Mitchell. My answer to that is, of course they are, but the honestly he can't go anywhere for another three years, and there's a lot of water that can go under the bridge in three years, as we all know. So four years, isn't it? four years, yeah, next year, and then plus the extension. So I mean. You know, what if he doesn't take the extension for the first time in NBA history? Yeah, right. If he's the one who plays with the tender offer and 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 becomes a free free agent, you know, good on him, I guess. If that's what he wants to do, at that point, you still have two more years with him. So, uh, gotta admit though, the Knicks are loading up on Jazz personnel, people who are close to Donovan. Uh, yeah, they are. But I mean, it's not the first time even the Knicks have done that to the Jazz, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they hired yeah. Dave Checkets back in the day, Scott Layden. In fact, both Laydens went to the Knicks for a little while, right? So, uh, it, you know, it's not the first time that the Knicks have, have uh, or the teams have done this, let alone the Knicks do this to the Jazz. So, uh, and of course, the Jazz are a well-run organization. I think it it uh, is complimentary because Leon Rose, you know, one of the biggest, well, now former agents in the, in the biz, you know, this is the direction he's going. It's actually a compliment to the Jazz in kind of a weird way. But... I would say the folks who are paranoid about Donovan Mitchell, I get it. And, yeah, they probably wouldn't say no if Donovan wanted to join him in free agency. But that's really not John, Donovan's choice for a few years. So a lot a that can time, happen. So. Yeah. But it is uh, Johnny Bryant. Uh, I, I, coaches who can go in and make players better, I mean, uh, that, that is a great attribute. And whatever he was doing with guys like Donovan Mitchell and Gordon Hayward – was working. Yeah. And it has made those players better, and we're seeing it right in front of our eyes right now with Donovan. So I, I just think Johnny Bryant's an impressive guy. When you talk with him, you I mean, you, you could tell. If I was going to chart out, back when I first talked with him, uh, when was he hired? By When Ty Corbin was? It was like 2012, wasn't it? That sounds um, about right. Mm. It, it, the first time I talked with Johnny, I th- if you had bet me at that time and I could pick either he will be a head coach or he won't, I would have guessed and I would have bet that he would be one day. Hmm. That's how impressed I was with him. So it sounds like there's a whole lot of us out there who were. Well, it sounds like you're taking credit for Johnny Bryant's success, but yeah. Well, wait, how am I? No, all I'm saying <laughs> is that I recognized. <laughs> Saw it on the way. <laughs> my, wife, my wife told me today when we ran across some friends and we were talking, she, after we were done, we walked away and she said, you know, for a second there, for a brief second there, it sounded like you were bragging. You? Yeah. I would be surprised. And she said that to me and it was on this very sort of nondescript comment I made that had nothing to do with anything about me. But uh, did you tell him so, Casey so I'm, Kasem I'm, was I'm a really, fan of yours? I'm really sensitive about this right now because uh, Lisa very rarely does that kind of thing. I have no problem with a guy bragging about himself. Did you? Were you <laughs> telling him about the the great column that you wrote about Drew, Drew Pearson and how you're close no. personal friends? No, no, it was it no? was a whole different subject. I see. That was only for us. That was just for you. <laughs> I didn't even know you were listening at that time. <laughs> All right. So I wrote a I wrote a, a big takeout feature uh, for the L.A. Times about Drew Pearson, the Dallas Cowboys receiver who's about to he's nominated for the Hall of Fame now. And it was uh, one of my 
earlier pieces, and it turned out pretty good because Drew hadn't talked about some of the tragedies in his life. But because I did my Columbo School of Journalism where I stumble and bumble around until a guy feels sorry for me, he told me this stuff, and I wrote it, and I felt pretty good about it. And I kind of forgot about it, but I just reread it now. It's, uh, it, it's as old as Austin. In fact, I wrote this five days before you were born, Austin. Huh. Sorry, I opened the door for that. I, I didn't know fault. who Drew Pearson was. I thought you were talking about the, the one of the twins on the remodeling um, show. Yeah, the, the Home and Garden Network so or whatever to, that I'll is. I'll have to read it. To the the guys who did the Dish Network commercial. Now, there is a column I would read. You, you wouldn't read about Drew Pearson? The, the headline on it, which I did not write, by the way, is a new start for Drew Pearson. He's trying to pick up the pieces after a world crashed in on him. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.